Hello and welcome to the August 3rd, 2021 Annals of Internal Medicine podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Lane, Annals Editor-in-Chief, with highlights of the new material you'll find if you go to annals.org. First is a prospective cohort study that found that quitting smoking after being diagnosed with early-stage non-small cell lung cancer may slow disease progression and decrease mortality. Given that about half of all smokers continue to smoke after a lung cancer diagnosis, these findings present an opportunity to improve overall and progression-free survival for patients with this type of cancer. More than 80% of patients with non-small cell lung cancer have a history of smoking, and about half are active smokers at the time of diagnosis. Many patients may feel it's too late to quit once they've been diagnosed with lung cancer. Researchers from the International Agency for Research on Cancer the Specialized Cancer Agency of the World Health Organization, in collaboration with the National Medical Research Center of Oncology in Russia, recruited 517 adults who currently smoked when diagnosed with early-stage non-small cell lung cancer to determine whether quitting smoking after diagnosis affects the risk for disease progression and mortality. The participants were interviewed at the start of the study to ascertain medical and lifestyle history, including tumor characteristics, and the amount of lifetime smoking, and then followed each year for an average of seven years to record any changes in their smoking behavior, treatments, and disease status. Of 517 patients who were smoking when diagnosed with lung cancer, less than half quit, but very few of those who quit relapsed and resumed smoking. The patients who quit smoking lived longer overall, 6.6 versus 4.8 years, lived longer without lung cancer, 5.7 versus 3.9 years, and had a longer time to death from lung cancer, 7.9 versus 6 years. According to the authors, these results show that even after being diagnosed with lung cancer, there is still significant benefit to quitting smoking. Physicians should make their lung cancer patients aware that quitting smoking can extend life overall and extend life without cancer recurrence. In an accompanying editorial, Dr. Nancy Rigotti from Harvard University writes, quote, Providing tobacco cessation treatment in cancer care also offers good value to healthcare systems. Continued smoking by patients with cancer is associated with higher downstream cancer treatment costs, while smoking cessation treatment is highly cost-effective, especially when compared to other routine cancer treatments. Unfortunately, despite the strong case for action, tobacco treatment has yet to become a standard component of cancer care delivery. The challenge is to implement this goal into practice. To escape the ravages of COVID-19 and the emerging Delta variant, more people must be vaccinated. The COVID-19 vaccines, which have been administered to hundreds of millions of people, have been found to prevent severe disease and death. Authors of a commentary published in Annals of Internal Medicine share why it's imperative for all 17 million healthcare workers in the U.S. to be vaccinated and argue why healthcare employers should mandate vaccination. The commentary provides three main reasons why healthcare employers should mandate COVID-19 vaccination for healthcare workers. First, it's the individual's duty to protect others, especially when there is a minimal threat to their own well-being. Second, healthcare workers and those who choose to work in healthcare settings have a special ethical professional responsibility to protect others. The objective of the healthcare profession is to promote the health and well-being of patients in the community, and vaccination is a way to put patients first. Third, the authors detail how many healthcare facilities in the past have required their workers to be vaccinated against influenza, hepatitis B, and other infectious diseases. 
Healthcare workers have historically been role models of good health behaviors, especially vaccination. To encourage employers to require vaccination, the authors convened 88 healthcare professional societies and organizations, including the American College of Physicians, to endorse mandating vaccine for healthcare workers in a joint statement. The group consists of physicians, nurses, pharmacists, physicians' assistants, nurse practitioners, epidemiologists, public health workers, and long-term care workers, among others. The authors of the commentary and signatories of the accompanying joint statement are confident that mandating vaccines would be effective at increasing vaccination rates. Next is a randomized double-blind placebo-controlled study in young healthy patients with frequent recurrences of vasovagal syncope that found that oral mitodrine significantly decreased the proportion of patients with recurrent vasovagal episodes when it was administered in conjunction with guideline-directed teaching about lifestyle changes to reduce risk. Vasovagal syncope is common and occurs when a person faints because their body overreacts to certain triggers, such as the sight of blood, experiencing emotional distress, or standing without moving in a hot environment for too long. The condition responds poorly to treatment and causes physical trauma and poor quality of life for those who suffer from it. The drug mitodrine prevents some of the changes in blood pressure that lead to this type of episode. The International Multicenter Clinical Trial, led by researchers from the University of Calgary, randomly assigned 133 patients with recurrent vasovagal syncope and no serious comorbid conditions to receive either mitodrine or placebo to determine whether mitodrine and prevent vasovagal syncope in usual clinical conditions. All patients were taught the pathophysiology of vasovagal syncope, reassured about its benign nature, and provided advice on conservative measures to prevent vasovagal syncope, including physical maneuvers and dietary advice that emphasize fluid and sodium intake. Because most patients with the condition are most concerned about not fainting, the researchers used the proportion of patients with the syncope recurrence as the primary outcome measure. Treatment failed if a patient had at least one syncope episode within the 12-month observation period. The researchers found that compared with patients taking placebo, about 20% fewer people taking mitodrine fainted during 12 months of follow-up. The researchers note that the people in the study did not have other serious medical conditions and were relatively young and healthy. Their average age was 32 years, they had started fainting at an average age of 17, and they had fainted an average of six times in the year before the study started. In an accompanying editorial, Dr. Michelle Brignole of San Luca Hospital in Milan, Italy, writes, quote, Now that we have identified several effective therapies, we need to learn how to best apply them to individual patients. It is time to move towards personalized, mechanism-specific medicine. The identification of the precise mechanism of recurrent vasovagal syncope and personalized treatment should be the focus of future research in this field, end quote. Also new is the latest issue of ACP Journal Club. Go to annals.org for brief commentaries on studies rated to be of high quality and high clinical relevance to the practice of internal medicine. And ACP members should make sure they register for ACP JournalWise. ACP JournalWise filters material from over 120 journals and users can set their personal preferences to receive email alerts on the topics they choose at the frequency they desire. August 3rd also brings several new graphic medicine articles and the latest episode of Annals on Call. This episode of Annals on Call is the second part of Dr. Center's conversation with Dr. Anand Iyer about the care of patients with COPD. 
That brings us to the end of this podcast. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll return in two weeks for our next podcast. In the meantime, stay well and do your best to encourage those you know who have not yet been vaccinated against COVID-19 to get vaccinated. Thanks to Beth Jenkinson and Andrew Langman for their technical support.